Samuel cuts it back. Ohio State wins. I put my heart in this Let's go, man. That is as good as it gets. I represent me in this issue. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Really on the field, a touchdown is confirmed. Fourth and two now. You've got to get two yards. I don't know. I don't think so. No way. Kentucky wins. It's Super Bowl week. This is the Peace of Mind podcast. Kevin Jackson, AJ Nance, coming to you guys on a Sunday night. Check us out on Twitter, Peace of Mind. 615 and on instagram please rate review subscribe on apple Podcasts, spotify and wherever you listen to podcasts aj how you doing i'm doing well yourself man how are you hanging in there i'm doing all right it's you late on night? a sunday i am actually um not drinking bourbon tonight oh fancy I, the wife cooked a little tuscan chicken mm. so i am drinking a tuscan red blend straight from italy oh oh so big bucks i see you a little easier on the heart fair enough fair enough can't always be bourbon i agree with that unfortunately i'm drinking bourbon so <laughs> i don't all the way agree with you, but... <laughs> what are you what are you drinking well since you went with wine somebody had to bring the high west flavor to the to the pod today so did you really sipping on some some rendezvous rye from high west good for you shout out to park city utah one day they're gonna let us record from the distillery and We'll just be able to say we reached a mountaintop. <laughs> Did you know it's the only ski-in dis- uh, distillery in the United States? Really? Yeah, you can you can you can finish a run and ski right up to the little uh, rack or whatever you do, whatever you call it, where you put your skis. Mm-hmm. Walk right into the restaurant, into the distillery, have a bite to eat, have a drink, and then <clears throat> go back outside, get on your skis, and then go to the lift. <laughs> now, see. That immediately drives it up the list of places I need to visit, but also extremely dangerous because I could get stuck in the distillery and then have to ski slash snowboard back and I'd be in trouble. I would say the hardest part about drinking and skiing at the same time is you get really tired if it's a long run. <laughs> like after a while, you just fall down and you know people will ski by and they'll be like, are you doing okay? And you say, yeah, I'm good. I just I just need a minute. Like, I'm just relaxing. Just, just let me sit here for a minute, man. I, I got to get myself together. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, getting into the reviews, uh, just to give a shout out to the people that are listening and, uh, and reviewing our podcast. Um, big shout out and thank you to all of those who are listening and are uh, giving their feedback and thoughts on, on Apple Podcasts. First one goes out to Tennessee Tiger. He says, uh, if you love football, especially college, this is an absolute must. These guys know their stuff, and I feel caught up on what's going on in college football. So big shout-out to Tennessee Tiger. Appreciate it. Yeah, so moving right along into number two. It's coming from Jut43. It says, finally, sports talk without bickering. I love how these guys can have an informed conversation and respect each other's opinion. Uh, feels like you're just having a conversation with the boys down at the bar. Hashtag double dogs. <laughs> I wouldn't mind a little bit more love for the Big 12, but I am looking forward to tuning in weekly. And he also made a mention here that uh, the Mount Rushmore segment is money. So, uh, Jet43, we want to say thank you again. We will make a, a better effort to mention the Big 12 a little bit more and, and cover them as well. Maybe maybe we could do an episode of Double Dogs. Listen, I, you couldn't tease me with a better time. Like, have you ever had a bad time at Double Dogs? I haven't. I have not. For those of you who don't know, Double Dogs is a uh, restaurant slash bar here in Nashville, Tennessee. They're they're pretty good. Oh, delicious. 
So except for some, some it's going to be very difficult for our normal orders to be eaten and us cover the, the topics at hand. <laughs> yeah, we got to eat first. <laughs> uh, this next one is a special one because I don't know if you guys have been listening, but I believe we mentioned in the first podcast that AJ and I are actually both coaches, and this comes from a former player. Uh, Real Sports News 12 says, as a former player to those to these two, I can verify that they know their stuff. Great work, coaches. I miss playing for you all. Thanks for doing my my new favorite podcast. So big shout out to Jack Perry here in Nashville. Yes, sir. Thank you, Jack. Also, another review coming in from Rockin RBN just says, plain and simply, these guys know their stuff. Short and thank sweet. <laughs> we, we'd like to think that we do, but we appreciate your support there. And thank you for leaving a review. Yeah. Uh, you got to do this next one. <laughs> All right. And, and our last review this week comes in from a, a special person that's listening to this podcast. It's Nance 15 otherwise known as my sister. She says, being that uh, you both coach, would love to hear your perspectives on how kids' sports aren't recreational anymore, the daddy ball phenomenon, and how to get the best out of your kids at a young age. 100% a great question. Also, um, a very loaded question that I think, to Kevin's point, with us both being coaches of, of young young adults. Um, it's something that we talk about and conversate about a lot. We want to do this topic justice. So I think before covering it, we, we may go back and forth amongst ourselves a little bit and then bring this up on another episode where we can fully dive into it. But uh, we will certainly answer this question in, in, in much detail in the coming weeks. Yeah, it's going to be its own episode. So... That's a that's a great that's a great question, and especially in the in the dead time of college football and college sports, that'll be a great episode. Absolutely, absolutely. So typically this time we would do our news and notes from around college football. However, AJ and I will both admit that the biggest news story coming from this week in college football is the Senior Bowl. And um, mm-hmm. although we have kept up with the news, we actually have not watched the game yet. It's on record. So we got to get back and watch it. So what we're going to do is we're going to uh, come back at a later episode and review the Senior Bowl, uh, the biggest winners and losers from that, uh, break down you know, what players stood out in practice throughout the entire week, maybe players that improved their draft stock. And so we just don't feel comfortable giving an opinion on that yet because we haven't actually watched the game. So we'll get back to you later this week on that one. Definitely. And I think that the only part that I did see was Lonnie Johnson laying the boom on an Ohio State receiver coming across the middle. So that's going to be the focus of where I start all my on, opinions. <laughs> on Terry McLaurin? Yeah. So having a biased opinion, I heard all about Terry McLaurin, although he did that did happen. Yeah, I think he had like four catches for 50 yards and had a 20-yard run and stuff. So mm. apparently a lot of improved draft stock from him. So nonetheless, also – what usually would be our main topic of the day, we are going to postpone that and get right into the Mount Rushmore segment because that has been the uh, topic of conversation amongst listeners. We've received a lot of comments on the Mount Rushmore segment, so we're going to start off right off the bat with this week's Mount Rushmore segment. This week's theme is Super Bowl party food. Which I'm sure that some people have some pretty heavy opinions on that. And so I'm curious what uh, you have to say. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I, I would just like to first and foremost say, um, this did not make my list just because it is one thing that is not necessarily considered a, a snack or food item, but it is very, very important that you have this at every event that you do. So I'm just going to put it out here now. Go get some bags of ice. Go get a couple bags of ice now so that you have ice for everybody at your house. Because I don't care if you got an ice maker at your house or the freezer uh, attached to the, the refrigerator that shoots out the ice, you're going to run out of ice. So just go ahead and get a couple bags now, and then you can have a few different options for people to get ice. That's just my take. You seem personally invested into that take. I do not like warm soda. Or wait, 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 whatever. soda? I was going to say, what are you, what are you soda, drinking, soda at the soda Super Bowl party? You can't always drink beer and, and everything else. I have to, I have to balance I it out. I completely disagree. <laughs> What's the beer of choice? Are you going corporate beer or do you take a, a craft beer? I am a very, I like craft beer, but I'm not as knowledgeable as a lot of people that I would say that I know. For me personally, it's Super Bowl, it's around, it's football. When I'm tailgating, doing anything football wise, we're going corporate, you know, 30 case of Bud Light or Coors Light or something like that. Yeah, but what's your choice? Uh, Bud you Light. Bud Light? Oh, yeah. Really? Does anybody. I mean, like, does anybody buy Budweiser or Coors Heavy? Yeah, yeah. The truck driver that almost runs you off the road every time you drive home. Him. He still buys Bud Heavies. I'm a strict Coors Light guy. I don't hate that. Coors Light's not bad. It's just I feel like I drank Bud Light in college. It's still like one of those, like, things that just, it's, ah, it's football, it's college, it's this is what I'm going to drink kind of thing. Well, I've been to, I've been to, I used to live in Colorado. And so I've been to the golden Colorado. I've been, the uh, Colorado School of Mines is there, mm -hmm. which is like a very prestigious engineering school. And so I've been there before. And um, right there in golden Colorado is where the course factory is. Oh, nice. It's pretty, uh, pretty picturesque, but they're nicknamed the silver bullets. So, which is the nickname of the Ohio state defense. Yeah. And so um, pretty particular to the course light. Okay. Here's my question. Now you said that you 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 favor Coors Light, but do you turn down anything? You know, no. if you get there and there's Miller Light or something else. Do you turn no. down anything? Okay. No. Right. Not at all. If I had the choice, though. Right. Like if you're purchasing now. Okay. Here's my next question for that. Mountains are blue. I gotta. I need to know if it's cold <laughs> enough to drink. Let's say you're attending a party. Do you purchase the beer that you want to have at the party, or do you purchase what you think? everyone else would want a hundred percent i'm purchasing the beer i want to drink it <laughs> if somebody wants to join me then they can join me in drinking my beer with me but i'm not buying beer for everybody else and drinking what everybody else wants to drink that's I absolutely ridiculous it. i respect it i respect it now, i will say this and when i got to ohio state braxton miller was the quarterback and so it was very popular to buy miller light because their slogan was it's miller time in that year Braxton Miller didn't start off the year as the starting quarterback. So whenever he would go in, we would just always say to each other, it's Miller time. Shout and out so, to one of our top followers, Darius Miller, who they also used to say that about in college. It's Miller time. I like that. I like that. Is he going to be on the show? We're definitely going to have him on the show. We got to wait till probably the summertime and then we can get him on here and hopefully get some, some fan questions for him. But oh, it's going to be a good time. And he's, he's already pumped to be on here. Hopefully not in June because he'll be playing. That's that's the that's the goal. 
I love the Pelicans, but they're struggling right now. We need them to get some wins and get back on the, the positive side of things before uh, the All-Star break to get themselves a good shot at this. Is Anthony Davis staying in New Orleans? Uh, I, you know, I, th- I think that the move that everybody's thinking is going to happen is maybe a, another year away. I don't, I don't know if New Orleans can offer slash put enough around him to keep him there long term, though. Do you think if he stays, they can win a title in New Orleans? No, I just don't think. I don't think you can get enough in in the, this day and age. You have to have at least two All Stars on your team, and I just don't foresee them attracting another All Star out of free agency. They could get one out of a trade. I just I'm not very aware of what their trade assets are, but I'm I'm not really foreseeing them being able to lure a guy in through free agency. And I think that that's probably what's going to hurt them the most. Personally, I'd like to see him go to L.A. play with LeBron. All for that. I would like for them to also take D. Mill with them so they can have a shooter surrounding them, and then all the people that I cheer for be on one team. That'd be I like fun. that. I like that. <laughs> All right, so, so we're getting to it. our list. I got off tra- topic there. My bad, guys. Ice and beer were two that they're on everybody's list. I didn't feel like that one was too hard. But my first one, it's wings. I, you got to have some t- sort of wings. Now, I prefer traditional flats, but if you go boneless, that's fine. If you go drummies, that's fine. But there needs to be some wings there. I'm not too you know, keen on all the ridiculous flavors. My favorite's lemon pepper, but like I don't know if lemon pepper is really a, a Super Bowl party type wing. So maybe you just stick with like a normal fried wing or buffalo style wing. And just now call you it you eat, you eat the lemon pepper with your hipster friends. <laughs> First of all, lemon pepper is hood. It's not hipster. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <I've>, <laughs> maybe I'm wrong. Maybe right. I'm wrong. But lemon pepper to me just just screams hipster. <laughs> lemon pepper wings are phenomenal, but. Yo, but it's crazy. I've got buffalo chicken wings. To me, they got to be buffalo chicken wings. They got to be buffalo? Got to be buffalo chicken wings. Now, if you've got lady friends at the party and they don't want the hot, hot, Mm -hmm. that's perfectly fine too. But when you said, I don't care if they're flaps or not, like to me, drumsticks are the best Super Bowl. I'm not a huge, like, I like the flaps, but chicken wings are tough for a Super Bowl party because you're usually standing up. And usually we'll have a lot of mess afterwards. And so when you're getting all the other snacks on your plate, you know, like the, the bones add up. There's the mess. And so you want to be able to eat while holding onto a plate. And with the drumsticks, that's easier to eat with one hand. I feel that. For dipping purposes, I feel that when I dip a flat, it covers more of the, the wing. That's true. But I just, don't, I just don't dip. I don't, I'm not a big dipper. <laughs> Little dipper. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a no dipper. <laughs> That's not bad. I I think depending upon like the wing flavor and how spicy slash not spicy it is, then it calls for dipping or not. But I'm biased. Like I can I'll eat them any 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 way they're prepared or given to me. You just have to have wings. Can't yeah. have a Super Bowl party without wings. Uh, what you got for number two on your list? Well, my number three actually is uh, the little Smokies. The little tiny, <laughs> the little tiny sausages yeah. that come in the, come in the sauce. I love those things, and I, those are like exclusively Super Bowl dish. <laughs> Either I don't know how, like a, a housewarming. 
yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe that, or like maybe a potluck. Somebody brings them to him. But like to me, little Smokies, those are those are strictly Super Bowl. <laughs> I don't know. Now I'll take that back. I did go to a, a bourbon raffle this year, and they had little Smokies available. But outside of that, I don't know if I've ever been to a place not a Super Bowl party or like a sports events party that didn't have little Smokies. Right, or the the meatball form of them. I don't know if that's cheating, putting like two into one category. Well, meatballs just, is on. Well, meatballs is one of my uh, honorable mentions. Okay, well, so like sometimes you get the the miniature meatballs. Yeah. And so like the little smokies, the miniature meatballs, kind of like the same thing. They put in the same sauce. I've seen it done before, but I, I would put those in the same category. Okay. All right. My number two was buffalo chicken dip. Wait. Well, hold on. What's your number three? Oh, well, I was going the other way, but same thing. Oh, that's your one. Chicken wings is your one. Yeah. Or I didn't rank them. I just chicken wings was the first one I wrote down. I got you. Um, so I'm I'm cheating. I'm doing a top four. Buffalo <laughs> chicken wings is my number four. Okay, buffalo chicken dip is on my Mount Rushmore. Uh, you've got to have some sort of chip and dip at the at the event. And if if I'm leaning towards one particular dip, I'll say uh, buffalo chicken dip. Yeah, I agree. I've heard seven layer dip. I, I saw that on a lot of lists. Seven layer dip, but mm-hmm. which is really really good. Okay. And I don't know if. I don't want to ruin your your list here, but queso. If that I don't know if that consider is considered a dip. I consider that a dip. It's not on my list, but I consider that a dip. Fair enough. The third on my um, Mount Rushmore, I guess this is number two. My second best is a uh, pigs in a blanket. Ooh. I think I think those are such a treat. Like I never make them, but when somebody else makes them, I swear I eat the whole bowl. <laughs> Now, do you put cheese in your pigs in a blanket, or is it just the croissant with the... If I'm making them, like, I put the cheese in them before. Okay. I don't get that very often at Super Bowl parties, but, like, to me, if you're going to put cheese in it, that's a big-time treat. <laughs> I think, I'm I'm like you. If I'm going to make them, I'll put the cheese in there. Rarely do we do we attend a party where somebody has already put the cheese in there, but either way you slice it, you got I'm, I'm 100% on board with having pigs in a blanket there. That's that's top notch. You said seven layer dip, but my number three on here is seven layer salad. Uh, really? Gotta have something. Gotta have something a little bit fresh to offset all the other stuff on your list. Salad in your Mount Rushmore. But seven layer salad has never led me astray, and it's something that you know. First of all, nobody is not everybody's getting to this event on time. Especially, I've never even I've never even heard of seven layer salad. Oh, it's literally the best thing you've ever heard. I got it in your life. For, so in the seven layer salad, you do like um, because oh, everybody no differs way. a little bit. But mm. so mm. like this one says, <laughs> it's like lettuce, peas, hard boiled eggs. Like this is a little bit different than how we make it. But I'm a big fan of seven layer salad. I like salads in general, but. It gives me something because not a lot of people, like, if I show up, you know, as the national anthem or something's going on and people are already eating, I'm like, okay, I got started way too early. But if they're eating a salad that early, I'm totally fine with it. So the seven-layer salad gives me something to snack on early that I don't feel bad for eating before all the guests get there. Is it served cold, like a regular yeah. salad? Mm-hmm. Served cold. And so it's got lettuce in it? Yep, got lettuce. Peas, like, you said? Yeah, green onions? Lettuce, peas, tomatoes? Green onions. Ugh. Uh, I don't do tomatoes in mine, but yeah. Ugh. Uh, eggs, cheese. Oh, it's just delicious. Oh, that's terrible. 
<laughs> that's terrible. In your Mount Rushmore, like that's yeah. that's love. This is oof, oof. All right, so look out for our health. I not me. <laughs> so I've got my last one. So this one is the quintessential. It's the it's the crown jewel of the Mount Rushmore. It's the buffalo chicken dip. Ah, all right. I'm, we're on the same page. To me, buffalo chicken dip is the like Superman of Super Bowl snacks. Like it's the most important. The George Washington, whatever, <laughs> like most important thing in the world. Like that to me is the most important Super Bowl party. I, name a Super Bowl party that didn't have buffalo chicken dip. Like Not it, one that I'm going to. It's that's at, for sure. It's, it's at every single one. And it's one of those that really is just at every single party. Right. It's also something that you could eat on literally throughout the game. Like first quarter, you can have some buffalo chicken dip. You know, third quarter, everybody's like slowing down. You can go back and get just a little bit more. It reheats well. Yeah, it's, it's just really, really good. Yeah, have you ever had buffalo chicken dip at a non-Super Bowl party? Yeah, so we do buffalo chicken dip in our house. Just, just because. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, just like, hey, we're having a lazy Saturday and watching movies. Okay, we'll make some buffalo chicken dip. I appreciate that because it's probably the one time of the year where I have buffalo chicken dip. <laughs> oh no, you gotta just you gotta find a way to factor that one in throughout the year. I am you. Like that's, <laughs> that's pretty good. See, I could have more buffalo chicken dip because I had salad. I had seven layer salad. See how that works? I don't think that's the way it works. <laughs> It's all about balance here. <laughs> I don't think it's math where it cancels out. <laughs> well, my diet's not going well now. So, have you done four? Is this your no, ma- so, you- yeah? My last one. It's just it's about rounding and having balance. My last one is cookies. You got to have cookies at the party. You have to have something sweet at the party to like balance out all the the savory and salt that you're gonna have. So, cookies is something that. You know, you can hold in your you can hold multiple in your hand, like you said, doing a lot of standing, roaming around during games. But it's something you can carry with you and just eat on, snack on. And it's you know, when is it a bad I, time to have a cookie? I've thought about I thought about this doing my my list, and mm-hmm. I just didn't know if I was going to put desserts in there. Well, I just feel like I can't go to a party and it be all you know sides. Like there's got to be something else in there. That's true. I mean. I just felt like you get cookies any time of the year. And I, I get that they're Super Bowl style cookies. Mm-hmm. You know, like people will do like little footballs and all that, or they'll do like team colored cookies. And so I guess, but I just was a little hesitant to put the desserts into my Mount Rushmore. That's fair. That's fair. Did you have any, um, any like honorable mentions or anything? Um, I thought about queso. Okay. Like a nice spicy queso. That works. I have Rotel dip, so we're we're on the same kind of thought process, like a cheesier dip. Yeah. Now I will say, I did some research, and the entire world is slacking on their on their Super Bowl snacks based on the these lists that I saw. <laughs> I saw one list that had loaded tater tot skewers. Okay. My and so, <laughs> come on. It had six tater tots, and then it had like drizzled cheese on top with bacon. Like little bacon bits on it. <laughs> now it sounds delightful, but that's entirely too much work. Yeah, well, I agree. It, it's not something you're making if you were hosting the party. Yeah, yeah. Like I had all day. Like you know, there's no way you make that. Put it in your car and like transport it to, you know, somebody else's house. 
Right. But that being said, it looked delicious, and I did not want to put it on my Mount Rushmore because I had never seen it before. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. We just have to, you know, we have to talk somebody into making it <laughs> the Super Bowl next week, and then we right. can have it there and try it out. That's right. All right, so what was the recap of your list? I got buffalo chicken wings, little smokies, pigs in a blanket, and buffalo chicken dip. Gotcha. And I had wings, seven-layer salad, buffalo chicken dip, and cookies. All right. So- I think the best I think the best thing I ever brought to a party was Raisin Cane's party platter. Twenty five chicken tenders with like twenty pieces of toast and cane sauce. You can't go wrong with canes. That I mean, that's just pure fact. I'll say this though, because Kentucky obviously Kentucky comes here every other year to play Vandy and normally I'll have some friends come in town to go to the game. But Hattie B's going to get a tray of fingers from Hattie B's and just having that as your tailgate is easy. it's the simplest and best food like we've done this game three years now and every year you know my, my boy tyler will come up uh mikey will come down and we will do chicken fingers from hattie's and nobody ever complains they're just like yep that sounds good to me and no, and they're good oh they're good they're and it's you know from the first tender to if you even get through the 25 like they're still consistently good and that's one of those things that like you could tailgate and eat those but Let's say you go into the game and come out after the game. You can still get one of those at, like, car temperature, and they're still good. Right. And they're large. Right. Right. They'll last you. You're only eating maybe four or five of these. So you're not going to eat through 25 before the game. Did you hear about the the Auburn player, or was it the Purdue player, before the Music City Bowl, where they did the contest on Broadway, the the Hattie B's chicken tender eating contest? Mm Mm-mm. You didn't hear about this? No. What happened? So the teams did a little get-together, a little contest. They were down on Broadway at a bar. They did a little little friendly competition with Hattie B's chicken tenders. And the night before the Music City Bowl, I cannot remember which player, but he ate something like something ridiculous, like 16 chicken tenders. Oh, my God. And then went and played the next day. How? First, like, Hattie B's has its limits. Like, if I eat more than four tenders, I immediately start to, like, regret for the next day. <laughs> Oh, yeah. No, like, if I eat four, that's a big day. <laughs> he ate 16? It was some. It was something stupid like that. Jesus Christ. I'll say this. We went to Hattie B's once with Lindsay's stepmom, and she got Shut the Cluck Up, which is the, the hottest. absolute hottest. And she ate those three tenders without a droplet of sweat coming off her face. Really? It was incredible. Meanwhile, See? I'm over there just <laughs> sniffling my tail off, eating hot, and she's powering yep. through Shut the Cluck Up like it's nothing. That's some serial killer stuff. <laughs> with all she, due respect. <laughs> no, nah, she she eats that hot stuff like it's nothing, and with all due, like, I, I don't know how she does it, because I was just looking like, if I put any of those tenders close to my face, I might break out of hives. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, with that, that closes this Mount Rushmore segment. Please reach out to us, leave comments uh, on Instagram, on Apple Podcasts, on uh, Twitter. Please reach out to us if you are interested in uh, hearing any specific Mount Rushmore topics. Um, if you request something, I promise you we will do it. So Absolutely. Absolutely. Please, please reach out. And so with that, let's get to the main topic. Uh, AJ, what are we, uh, what's the main topic for today? All right. So we've got you know plenty of time to cover the ins and outs of the the Super Bowl and talk about the quarterback storylines and coaching storylines. And you probably,
and go over some some of the the lighter hearted. Some would say, others would say, not the lighter hearted uh, side of the game, which is the gambling part. And we're going to go through the prop bets today. For all of yeah, you that it, don't know ex- what prop yeah, bets are, explain what the prop bets are, because I'm sure there's some listeners that don't know what prop bets are. Right, absolutely. So obviously, you can gamble on the game. Uh, who will win? Will they cover the spread? Things like that. Over under points scored. Right, right. Prop bets are their side bets on things that could or could not happen during or before the game. For instance, our first one that we're cover here on the prop bets is the coin toss. But with the Super Bowl being one of the highest viewed uh, events of the year, there's got to be a way to include everybody in the game. So these prop bets really come into place, and it's just a way for audiences and people to interact with the game and uh people that have gambling issues <laughs> they can yeah. gamble on everything so hey just let them live if you've got gambling issues like just take off from all the hard work you've had at like maintaining and balancing your gambling issues like just take this week off just like just sit this one out guys like yeah it's not gonna not, hurt anybody but just yeah so just take a little vacation <laughs> so so we're gonna go through these one by one and we'll rotate going through. And so we'd love to hear what you guys have to say about them as well. We'll start off with the coin toss. Will it be heads or tails? I'm going with heads. It's just that simple. I always pick heads, and I'm going with it here. See, I've always picked tails. But, so I did some research on this. Mm-hmm. The visiting team does the coin flip. Right. So it's the Patriots. It's the Patriots. NFC is the home team in odd number of years. And so NFC team being the LA Rams is 2019, odd number of years. They're the home team, so that makes the Patriots the away team being 2019. And the guy that always calls the coin flip for the Patriots is Matthew Slater, mm-hmm. special teams captain, and he always picks heads. So even though I always vote tails, I am going to say it will be called heads. Yeah. Welcome to the dark side. So, all right. So that leads us into the speaking of if that asshole, if that asshole, <laughs> he's gonna come out and be like tails, <laughs> <laughs> like that's terrible. He does it for his dad too. He said he's his like, dad always says. I was I was listening to the Pizza My podcast and decided to switch it up. So tails, <laughs> I swear. Appreciate the shout outs later. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So mo- moving into question two, do you think so? With the Patriots calling the toss, do you think they will call the toss correctly? Do you want to start? Well, given the background that you just gave us on uh, Matt Slater and him always calling heads, and I picked heads, I think he'll call it correctly. I think it's going to be tails because it's the beginning of the game. And if this was overtime, then it would be heads because he would pick heads. And they would be right, and then they'd go in the game. But I'm going to go with tails. All right. So then we've got Kevin Mark down for uh, a no on calling the heads or tails correctly. That's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Thank you. All right. So on number three, Super Bowl viewership. Do you think that it will be over or under 106.5 million viewers? I honestly have zero idea. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. I. So what is there? Um about 350 million people in the United States. Your guess is as good as mine. Uh, Google tells me there's 325 million as of 2017. An estimate, yeah, 325, 325 million. So, and what was the what was the 106? 
So a third of America. About of a third of America. Um, part of me says no. Hmm. I think people are going to be tired of the Patriots. I'm going to go the under. Going the under. I'm actually going to go opposite of you here and go the over. Just because I think that last year um, there was a lot surrounding Colin Kaepernick and um, a lot of off-the-field things that were people were very opinionated on. And so I they didn't like, watch? I, I feel like people exercised their right not to, to watch as much last year, whereas I don't feel like there was as much of that this season, and I think people will actually tune in more. So just to give some context, in 2018, last year, there was 103.4 million viewers on average. Okay. And that was – you're right. And that, it was down from 111.3 in 2017. So you saw last year did have a drop of about 8 million on average. Uh, I also say last year you had two Northeastern teams playing each other, whereas now you have a West Coast team playing an East Coast team. Uh, it covers more of the map. So maybe you have more people watching it. I know you got to eliminate the state of Louisiana because nobody there is going to watch the game. But I still think it covers the, the map more and it and it offers people more, I guess, People outside of just the northeastern region have an interest in the game rather than last year being Philly versus New England. Yeah. Well, they are not in New Orleans, like on Bourbon Street, they're not showing the Super Bowl at all. That's incredible. Or maybe it was just one bar, but that bar came out and said that they're gonna show reruns of the two thousand of the Super Bowl <laughs> in two thousand ten from when the Saints won it. I don't hate it. I don't I really don't Super hate it. Super Bowl that. I think was it Super Bowl forty four? I think it was. Yeah, Super Bowl forty four. I'm a little rusty in my my Roman numerals. I used to I was watching one um, these guys. It was 44, but there was one where the guys could could list all of Super Bowl MVPs for every Super Bowl. It was incredible. That's incredible. Did it in like two minutes, it was incredible. Also, a lot of love for uh, the Super Bowl being the only reason that I know Roman numerals. <laughs> right. I enjoy this next question very very much just because it makes me laugh every time I read it. But. Will Jim Nance say hello, friends? <laughs> at the start of the. <laughs> Why the does it make you broadcast. laugh so much? I don't know, but it's hilarious to me, and I really think he's he's gonna say hello, friends. So I I would bet my mortgage that he will say hello, friends, for one reason. I did some research on this. Do you know why he says hello, friends? No. So he was doing the U.S. Open mm-hmm. in 2002, and his dad, who was suffering from Alzheimer's at the time. He was having a conversation with his dad, and his and he he said that his dad was known for having a ton of friends, mm-hmm. and so he told his dad in a conversation that I'm going to give you a secret shout out on the air, and it was like a Saturday round three of the U.S. Open, and he started off the sh- the the sh- or the coverage by saying hello friends, as a, like a shout out to his dad, a secret shout out, and then a like CBS executive had told him. That apparently, like even when he started broadcasting as an announcer, that when you're talking into the screen, you should imagine talking to one person. Mm-hmm. And this, he told him this when he was like straight out of college before he was working for CBS. So it wasn't a CBS uh, employee, but he thought he thought it was perfect. And somebody came up to him afterwards and was like, "Hey, that, that's perfect. You should continue to say that. That could be your thing." And so he said it ever since. Huh. And so I'll bet the mortgage. 
that Jim Nance will say, hello, friends. For that <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so ready for him to say it. Because, I mean, like, how do you if – if you're doing it for such a reason like that as to, your, to, like, honor your late dad, like, why would you stop now? Yeah, like, especially at, at, at this event, at this spectacle, there's no way that he's not going to do it now. Right. And so, yeah, that's – I bet the mortgage. All right, so we, we're, we're lockstep there. Yep. <laughs> now, right. number – the next one, will Gladys Knight uh, be over or under – a minute forty five seconds on singing the national anthem. What do you think? I'm taking the over. Really? Yeah, I'm taking the over. I, now I'll say this: I've done zero research on her anthems previously sung, but it's I'm I'm whooping the ass on the research then because I did. I went onto YouTube and I watched her sing the national anthem from 1991, and it was a minute and thirty two seconds long. I feel like she's going to put a little bit more into it because we're in the South. She's got her own chicken and waffles restaurant in Atlanta, which serves what I would consider the best Arnold Palmer I've ever had in my life. Really? Yes. Oh, it's absolutely incredible. Well, you'd have think, to, you'd, you'd have to like sweet tea. I think, yeah, well, that's another bad take on your end, but I think that she is going to put a little bit of extra umph on it and she's going to nail the over. So, I'm, I'm, I'm here on YouTube, and it, I searched Gladys Knight, the Star Spangled Banner, mm-hmm. and just to get, I, I was curious. The first comment says, "Anyone here scouting for the Super Bowl?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, you gotta be. Oh man, I just got completely busted. But you know, she got a lot of, of flack. Apparently, I didn't realize this, but she got a lot of flack for doing saying yes to singing the national anthem, especially well, from the black community. Like, how could you? After all that's going on, how could you accept that position? Right, and a lot of a lot of people, you know, were mad at Travis Scott as well for agreeing to uh, be a part of the halftime show with Maroon Five. Um, I think. That Speaking of, I did not that I did not know he was going to do that. I th- I I think that it's my my issue with the the Super Bowl um, halftime show, and this is just me. Uh, and I think Maroon Five is a really good band. Um, but with so much talent just in the city of Atlanta, you have to go with somebody from the home city. You have to. Yeah, I, I would. I I think Maroon Five's terrible. <laughs> so, and I've I've heard no, I haven't seen Travis Scott in concert, but I've heard nothing but incredible things about the show he puts on. Now, I've heard his shows are incredible as well. He's actually like here. he's jumping. He's like jumping out of the stage from like <laughs> underneath the stage and everything. Like I heard it's incredible. So, but that's what the halftime show is all about is putting on a is putting on a show. Right, right. And so, like, I, if if Maroon Five, like, I don't really, I I don't care for Maroon Five, but if they put on a heck of a show, whatever. Right. Which, Imagine Dragons did the the national championship game, and I saw so many people hating on Imagine Dragons, and I get it, like their their rock songs are very or rock songs, I'll put in quotation marks, but they're very poppy, and I guess I imagine some people get worn out of them. Mm-hmm. But I went to an Imagine Dragons concert and had never heard or never seen an Imagine Dragons concert. I didn't buy the tickets. I was a guest. And it was probably one of the most incredible shows I've ever been to. Really? I've never been more enta- entertained nice. at a show than an Imagine Dragons concert. And so they would be perfect for the Super Bowl. And so if Travis Scott is going to put on a hell of a show, then bring him on. Because I don't see Maroon 5 doing it. I think that he'll be... 
I think Maroon 5 will appeal to the masses, but I feel like Travis Scott will bring energy to that. I just, I don't, I don't I mean, know how it's going to blend, but. It's, it's the, yeah, right. It's the definition of pop music. So right. just appeal to the masses. Right. And so. So, <laughs> so here we go. We talked about Gladys Knight and the over and under, but do you think that she'll omit a word from the national Arthur. anthem? Mm-mm, not at all. Speaking of, I when I I went and listened to her sing the national anthem on YouTube, and it was incredible. I mean, she, it was extraordinary. So I would be very, very surprised if she messed it up. Are you familiar with like celebrity, like bad celebrities rendition of the national anthem? I remember Christina Aguilera. You thought hers was bad. I, she messed it all up. I mean, I just remember her just completely missing a line. <laughs> My favorite is uh, Carl Lewis. <laughs> oh. It's just absolutely incredible. I love his. Uh, he goes, uh-oh, <laughs> in, the, in the middle of it. Uh, I haven't seen it. It's incredible. He's, he's sing, and he starts off, and I think it's, I can't remember if it's like, I can't remember if it's like a, uh, Olympic game or something, but like, I, I, for some reason, I have like this memory of Charles Barkley like laughing in the background, like, oh man, it's it might have been the All Star game or something, but he screws it up and he goes, oh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's literally the greatest thing ever. So his is probably my favorite mess up. So what do you think? Yes or no? Uh, no, she's she's like the ultimate professional. She's not leaving out a word. No, no, no. All right, uh, uh, sticking on the national anthem uh, theme, will any player take a knee? Again, I'm going with a no here uh, for, the, for the same reasons why I talked about the viewership being up. I don't feel like there was as much of the off the field or like prior to the game issues this year um, as there were last year, and I just don't foresee anyone taking a knee. No, I, don't, I agree with you. I don't think anybody will take a knee either. Part of it being half the players on the team will play for the Patriots right. and that just doesn't seem like something that that organization will do but yeah I, I'm going to take I'm going to say no on that one fair so we're both lockstep on the last two which leads us into do you think any scoring drive will take less time than the national anthem minute 35 yes especially with the Rams offense and even Tom Brady like you put them you, and you're saying scoring drive so it could yes. be field goal. It could be field so, goal. It could be a return I'm taking, kick. Yes, yes. I would put if I were to put ten dollars as the standard bet, I would put double or triple that on this one, easily. Oh, I'm saying no. Really? And I just think I think that, and this is just my thought. I think the Patriots are going to make the Rams throw the ball underneath, not give up a lot of deep passes, and I don't know if the Patriots have enough speed to to really, like, expose the Rams deep. So they're going to dink and dunk a lot like they did that last drive against Kansas City. So I'm going to go with no here. I'm thinking end of the half. Put my money on it. That drive is going to happen at the end of the half when somebody gets the ball with less than a minute and 40 seconds on the clock, and they go and put one in uh, either on a field goal or a touchdown. All right. Plus, you got to think all the turnovers – like you could get a turnover deep down in someone's territory. I'm just, ta- I'm, I'm taking it. It sounds too good to be true. <laughs> too, too easy of a, a, of one not to take. Yep. And I also feel that way about this next one. Will a fan run on the field? No. Really? Uh, I don't buy it at all. 
You're going no here, huh? Why would what would you make you think that a fan's gonna run on the field? Because people have no common sense. Like, <laughs> I mean, I why, get that, but the, why wouldn't you, a fan run on the field? I just don't even think that they could get on the field. Yeah, but like somebody ran on the field uh, during the national championship. Like, I don't. It's stupid. It only lasts like twelve seconds, but I just feel like people are dumb enough to to try it. Also, like in because the game's in Atlanta, they have like field level suites, so you could have some moronic person sneak into one of those suites and then get onto the field from there. Yeah, I don't, I don't buy it. I'm still going no, but I'm just trying to talk you. You're still going no? <laughs> oh yeah, you can give no. me all that. And you're just say no. <laughs> I just wanted to play devil's advocate for a second, but I'm still going no. <laughs> Here's a gimme, because I think I read this somewhere that it's already a no, but we'll put it in here anyway, just in case somebody still wants to bet it. But will Chick-fil-A be open in the stadium for the Super Bowl? No. Okay. No. I'm, I was going to go no anyway, but I'm pretty certain I read somewhere where they're not going to be open. So that's a gimme. So we cannot go over on this list. They haven't budged this long. They're they not going to budge for this. <laughs> right. It's right. part of the identity, you know what I mean? I'm Listen, it's it's wild because like, uh, every year they'll release like the um, the statistics on how much money they've made for the year. And it's just incredible to me. Like Everybody I know is just like, I have these crazy Chick-fil-A cravings on Sundays. On like, Sundays. Even if they, if they were open one Sunday a month. No, I swear... I swear, every time I went Chick Fil A, it's on a Sunday. It's a Sunday every time. I used to work in the mall, and I would every Sunday that I'd have to work, I'd just be like, man, if Chick Fil A was open, I'd almost spend my paycheck in there. Like that's how bad I want Chick Fil A. No, please don't tell me this is when you worked at Finish Line. You know it. <laughs> you know that it. was my that was my go to. I had to figure out on Sundays what I was gonna not what I was gonna eat instead because Chick Fil A was not open. Well, and see, that's the thing, and I never really had the cravings on Saturday, but every Saturday I'd eat Chick-fil-A because I was like, well, can't get this tomorrow at work, so I just eat it on Saturdays. How wild is it? that Was that your first job, finish line? Uh, second, so I used to work like uh, summer camps, like a, like a recreational camp, but yeah. But like you got, that was official, like you got taxed, you were an employee? Yeah. Like you had W-2 and everything? Yeah, but so wow. that was, but like that was more of a, that was just a summertime job, whereas I worked year-round. It was part-time, but I still worked year-round at Finish Line. I liked working at Finish Line. It was a ball to me. Now, I never, really, I never really saw a lot of my money because I bought shoes with it. But, uh, <laughs> you know. I, I think that you, I think that those two years that I worked there, I think every Christmas present I bought was from Finish Line. <laughs> You got all those those uh those multiples and, and accessory numbers up. That's right. That's right. <laughs> all right, so now we can get into the nitty gritty and a few tougher questions. For this one, what color will the liquid poured on the winning coach be? Blue. You're going with blue, huh? Blue. It's in both teams colors, color scheme. And so uh this is just purely a mathematical probability answer. Hmm. You're going with blue, eh? Um, I think I'm going yellow here. Really? Yeah, I think that... It's a shot in the dark? It's a shot in the dark, but when I envision like people making Gatorade for teams, 
I just feel like they stay with the, the standards, yellows, oranges, things like that. And I could just see yellow just being that color. Hmm. Yep. I'm gonna make uh I'm gonna make the mathematical choice and choose blue. Fair enough. Purple was gonna be another one that I considered, but actually, you know what? I'm gonna go with purple. You're switching it up. I'm switching it up. I, purple to me, I don't know. Like it just everybody. What's that's what's purple? That's a glacier 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 freeze. freeze. Is it glacier freeze? Yeah. Or is no 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 glacier the, freeze is the blue glacier one. Freeze, rip, 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 rip rip rush. rush. Is there the, it is the purple one, and I mean that's a favorite. Unless you unless you like really just are in trouble and you get grape, because I'm pretty <laughs> I'm pretty sure grape is like a flavor. That's got a well because they've they've got grape, but grapes in that um it's in the same as like strawberry, melon, right? Grape because but, the Riptide Rush and the um in the Glacier Freeze are part of the line that's like like the like the lighter shade of color. Yeah, yeah. It's like the Gatorade Ice or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that that I, I'm gonna go purple. I don't know. I just gotta, just gotta feel it, man. All right. So now we're gonna get to the football part of it. Those are the uh, the comical prop bets. Uh, these will get actually they're still a little comical, but we'll get into <laughs> a little more of uh, the uh, football bets. Um, will a non QB throw a touchdown? My initial reaction is no. But with the Rams, I feel like they might be one to have a trick play, but I'm still going to go no. But if, if one were to do it, I would say it's going to be on the Rams' side. Okay, so you're saying no, but if if so, the Rams will, will run a trick play. Yes. Um, I'm going to say no, just because I think that this game will be – first of all, I don't think that the Patriots are going to try to take the ball out of Tom Brady's hands that much. So – that would be why well, I don't think they will. But two, I don't. It just seems awkward to run like a halfback pass with Todd Gurley because he's left-handed. So in my mind, I don't know. Visually in my mind, I can't see it happening. So that's here's, why I'm going now. Here's a question: Do the um, do the Patriots do they run a trick play like the Philly special because it happened to them last year? Um, the Patriots are normally good for running a trick play. I mean, they'll they'll sprinkle in a uh, flea flicker. Um, Julian Edelman obviously was a quarterback in college, so you know there's always a chance that he could throw. But if I'm if I'm betting on this, I say no. It's a you know it's a copycat league. That's what they say. <laughs> but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with no as well. Okay. All right. So will there be a roughing the pass? Roughing the passer penalty, yes, there yes. will be, because Tom Brady's the quarterback. Oh, but you're leaving out the biggest caveat. <laughs> and Dom Kasu is playing D-line for the Rams. <laughs> the Rams. Like, there's 100% like going to be a, a personal foul here. Like, 100%. I would double down on this and say it's going to be Sue who commits the personal foul, too. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, with Tom Brady and on the biggest stage of the NFL, yeah, I mean, it, it's going to happen. He barely got touched last week against the Chiefs, and they called one. So I will say with everything on the line and people being extremely, like, pumped up, I think that there'll definitely be a, a rough in the passer penalty. Yeah, I agree. Uh, will there be an onside kick? I'm voting yes. All right, all right. I'm going to say, hmm. Based on your logic from what you've said, it seems like there'll be no, 
because the I don't know how would you determine this logic because if the Rams you think the Rams are going to lose big? Who me? No, I think yeah. the Rams. I think the Rams will win close. You do really? I thought yeah. you were saying that the Rams are going to lose. Mm-mm. I think hmm. the Rams will win close, but I'm saying yes on the onside kick for two reasons. One, if the Rams win close, Tom Brady's going to be driving the Patriots downfield. They're going to be you know scrapping away. They'll kick an onside kick to try to get it back. But two, if the Rams are getting their tails whooped, like you got to think, even if it's like 38-14, they're going to kick it onside and try to get it back. True. So I'm just thinking, you know, there's more scenarios where there would be an onside kick than, I mean, than there not being one, per se. I, I agree with that. So I'm going with it. I'm going onside kick. All right. So let's skip ahead here and do the last football-related one is total points over under. Okay. What do you so, think? Over under 58. Is it 58? Yeah. Right. For those for those who don't know, you take both scores, combine them, and you think that that total will equal over 58 or under 58. And if it does end up being 58, nobody wins. I'm going with the over here. Okay. I agree. Two high-flying offenses. Right. And I don't – I could – I in my mind, I've got a score that I want to lean on. And I think that with that score, we'll be above 58. I think one of these teams scores 35 or more points, which is already more than half of the points. So I think that just, just so you got to think, well, you got to think 58. That is 29 apiece. Yeah. 38 to 20. Uh, that's, you know, um, if you had 32 to 26, I mean, just kind of in that range, if you were thinking that the Rams are going to win close, mm-hmm. that's a lot of points. That's a lot of points. Let me break it down for you. Last five Super Bowl games, okay? Mm-hmm. 2014, Seattle Seahawks win 43 to 8 for an over under of 51. Mm-hmm. 2015, New England Patriots versus the Seattle Seahawks for a uh, New England wins 28 to 24. That's the famous Marshawn Lynch at the goal line does not get the ball. Nonetheless, that is a total of 52 points. So we are under the current 58 again. Pete Carroll definitely had to under in that game by not giving Marshawn the ball. Yeah. He's the Pete Rose of the NFL. Apparently <laughs> So 2016, three years ago, the Denver Broncos 24 Carolina Panthers, 10, for a total of 34 points. So we are way under the 58 of this year. However, 2017, two years ago, we had New England Patriots 34, Atlanta Falcons 28 for a grand total of 62. So we're over. And then last year we had Philadelphia Eagles 41, New England Patriots 33 for a grand total of 74. So we are trending going back over that. And I think because of it's an offensive league, I think both of them are offensive teams. If, the L.A. Rams D-line decides to impose their will. This could damage it, but I'm taking the over. 58 points. I, th- I think that L.A.'s got a good defense, but you could al- almost mark them down for g- at least giving up 21. Right. So I agree. But with the Patriots, they're tough to spot. Tough to spot. Right. So, all right, let's run through these last few real quick. All right, so Super Bowl MVP, what's the first thing he will mention for – 
people playing along at home. This could be his teammates, his family, God, the owner, the city, the coach, or none of the above. I'm going with God. I'm going with uh, teammates because I think it's going to be I think it's going to be Tom Brady, and I think he's going to thank his teammates. All right, not Giselle. Uh, Giselle, I think he could think for his lifestyle, but I don't think for the Super Bowl win. All right, so you're going with teammates first. I'm going right. teammates. I think T. I think TB12 does teammates. All right, for halftime. I know we touched on this earlier, but for the halftime show, how many songs will be played? during halftime and the over under is six and a half i feel like this is an easy one this is gotta over. be the over okay. over two artists gotta be the over that's i mean you i would assume that maroon five probably does three to four songs before travis scott does a song so yeah, what six and what a half. songs well here's the question what what songs are travis scott gonna do travis scott will do sicko mode um Trying to think of what other ones he will do. Or will he just sing along with Maroon 5? No, he's definitely going to do Sicko Mode, which is like one of his more famous ones from this year. Do you think Drake makes an appearance? I don't think Drake makes an appearance. Any other ones that I could think of? He may do um, He may do some through his last album, uh, Goosebumps, with him and Kendrick Lamar. That's another one that people know. Um, I think he could do... He could also do maybe uh, pick up the phone. It's a, it's a more upbeat song. Uh, he could also do like stuff from his very first album, which was like Antidote or Thirty Five Hundred. Those were two big like radio hits. But I would say Travis Scott will probably only do about two or three of his own songs. But if you put that together with Maroon Five, that's already six or seven. So I'm taking the over. Yeah, but that's you said six or seven. The over under is six and a half. So it's I mean they're really. Really flirting with it. Also, why in Astral World are all the songs in the title of the album in cap in all caps? I don't know. I kind of like it though. It lo- it looks nice in my uh, Apple Music folder. It's just something different from my eyes, which is hilarious though because you point that out for for Astral World and all of them being in uppercase. Yeah. Like all of his song titles in the previous album, uh, yep. Birds in the Trap Sing, uh, McKnight. There's no capital case. Right. <laughs> so, I don't know. Maybe it's just something you saw. I, there's got to be a reason. I'm interested. I need to do some more research that I don't there, know. There you go. Okay, so I, I'm going the I'm going the over as well. Two artists. Cool. So, how many commercials will have a dog in them? Over, under is also... Oh, no, no, no. It's not also five and a half. It is five and a half. So, I'm going to take the under, and I'm going to say there's going to be five. Mm, okay. I don't hate that. Um, I'm a fan of dogs, so I'm going to go from the over just for my own personal pleasure. Uh, I like it. But this one's, there could be 20 or there could be zero. This one is one of the hardest ones that I have on this list. So, um, yeah. Budweiser will have one. Doritos will have one. Doritos. <laughs> That's yep. exactly what I was thinking. I was like, Doritos would definitely have one. Um, and maybe one of those like tax, tax, uh, companies will have a dog in there yep and i think a soda a, a pepsi or coke will have one as well um <laughs> was it was it insurance that had the little babies that talked to each other i can't remember well there was a t- wasn't there i don't know that's another doritos commercial i'm thinking about all right nonetheless will dilly dilly be said during a bud light commercial and um do do i got a question before i answer this with the new night 
you know where they're doing like those like where they're like they're really doing like the knights or the king's kingdom mm-hmm. you know where like the people are guests do they still say dilly dilly in those commercials I, the one where they're where they're fighting on top of the the castle i don't think they do but all the other ones they have been i'm saying yes i'm gonna say yes as well i don't know if from a corporate like standpoint they, they've moved on from dilly dilly but i'm gonna say yes that was that was what I, well kind of what i was leaning on i don't think people are tired of it yet for instance so or either that or they're gonna have a commercial putting dilly dilly to rest but either way it goes i think they'll say it fair enough you also um, gotta think that Bud Light's probably going to have three or four commercials. So you got a lot of chances in there to say dilly dilly. That's true. Good point. So first soda commercial brand, is it going to be Pepsi or Coke? Got to be Coke. It has to. Like In Atlanta. It's in Atlanta. Yeah, it's got to be Coke. I'm going to say Pepsi Ooh. just to be different. Just to say that like Pepsi is going to try really hard and be the first one. I don't hate it. That I, that was my only caveat was well what if Pepsi is just like hey they're already gonna see a lot of Coca Cola advertisements and stuff because it's in Atlanta we're just gonna throw a bunch of money in this to get ours up first yeah so that would be that's the only reasoning I'm gonna make all right so <laughs> which brings us to our last and probably most important question the winner of the Puppy Bowl who's it gonna be Team Rough or Team Fluff. I'm going to go Team Fluff just because my girl Maisie is on Team Fluff. She is the closest thing to a chocolate lab that either team has. And being that my puppy is a chocolate lab, my little girl Miley, I'm going to vote for Team Fluff because they got a little chocolate lab named Maisie. That's fair enough. For some reason, Ziggy Marley has been stuck in my head. And uh, Ziggy is actually on Team Rough, so... There you have it. I'm taking Team Rough. There you go. So we got all our prop bets in here. I think we only agreed on about four or five of these out of 21, so that's pretty good. We've got – I've got it on a list here, so we can briefly go back over it next episode and see how we did. But, yeah, I'm interested to see how these are going. If you – looking at this list, if you could put money – like if I gave you $100 to bet on just one of these, which would you take? Uh, Jim Nance saying hello, friends. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Um, Easily. If I had $100 to bet, I think I would put it on no players taking a knee. Hmm. Very interesting. That's just my my thought. I just I don't see it happening. So by all means, um, listen, comment, let us know where we really messed up, where you agree. <laughs> Reach out to us on uh, Instagram, Twitter, at Peace of Mind 615 and uh, we're excited to hear from you guys about what you thought about the prop bets for the Super Bowl 2019 between New England Patriots and Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, and if you follow us on Twitter, uh, make sure to check us out throughout the week. We're going to be putting up a few of these prop bet questions uh, to have some interaction there. So, yeah, definitely express your vote there and uh, continue to let us know what you think. And with that, that brings us to the – end of our show and the beginning of overtime so let's get it first question here uh the college football news ranks the top head coaches ranks them one through third one excuse me one through 130 uh for the 2018 season anything stand out to you on this list um i saw i uh saw that 
Uh, number 79 was Scott Frost. Mm-hmm. I expect him to be a lot higher in 2019. Mm-hmm. They finished the season very, very well. Um, I saw Derek Mason for Vanderbilt, number 16, with a losing with a losing record. At six and seven, he was put as the 16th best coaching job in America. To me, that is terrible. Um, I saw Nick Saban got it pretty rough at number 21. Lose one, lose one game, and you get dropped down to 21. But they also said he's got the most talented, the deepest, and the most rested team in America. And you couldn't win the team, couldn't win the national title with that roster. They got a point there. I, I don't and not only did, not only did they lose, but they got their they got their butts kicks. Yeah, I don't hate it. What jumped out to me, obviously, uh, number one on this list, Mark Stoops. Let's just let's just take time to to recognize that this may never happen again. So it's definitely as a Kentucky fan, it's awesome to see Coach Stoops getting some of that praise um, from some of these larger uh, media outlets. We we had an incredible season. One is certainly kind of high. Seeing as like we didn't make a New Year Six bowl, we did lose to a five and seven Tennessee team. But when you look at it in the grand scheme of things, you take into when you take everything into the bowl and and, and kind of look at it, not a lot of people probably had Kentucky marked down for more than six wins. So I think that's awesome that you know for him to pull out ten wins to see him ranked as number one was dope. The other things that stood out to me was just just delightful news that number one thirty, Mister Irrelevant on this list. Bobby Petrino, you know, I it just who I guess Bobby, uh, excuse me, ex Louisville coach, ex Louisville coach, ex Falcons coach, ex Arkansas coach, Mister Motorcycle himself, Bobby Petrino. It's it fills my heart with joy to see Louisville struggle and for them to be the the last coach on the list. Just I know I'll sleep easy tonight. Um, and then the last point on this was Cliff Kingsbury at one hundred two. Um, if I'm an Arizona Cardinals fan, I'm just hoping that his offensive mindset translates to the NFL much better than it did uh, these previous couple years at Texas Tech. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. I honestly don't think ex- like expect much at Texas Tech. I, I mean, you could. Eh, you know what I mean? Right. I mean, yeah. he was. You you could say he's an offensive mastermind, and the defense is what was letting him down at Texas Tech. But he's also in charge of the defense because he's the head coach. So, right. um, I'll be I'll be extremely interested to see what happens this year with him in the league. Yeah. All right. So in the news this week, a local man saves a woman with CPR he learned from TV uh, TV show The Office. <laughs> is that is that episode the best episode from The Office? Um. It may be the most well known, but I don't know if I don't know if it's my favorite per se. Um, we watched we watched uh, Threat Level Midnight last night. Um, that episode's got to be up there for me, as well as um, <laughs> There's been a murder <laughs> in Savannah. <laughs> no, we we watched that tonight. That's my that's my favorite episode from The Office. Is the murder episode from season six. <laughs> It rolls off the tongue like molasses. <laughs> it sort of just drips off the tongue like molasses. <laughs> I do declare. I do declare. And then, like that, Angela gets um, voodoo, voodoo mama, mama juju. Michael, <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I don't feel comfortable with this. You got the little voodoo doll. But then, you know, um, Stanley and Angela get up to leave, and Michael's like, there will be food. And Stanley's like, well, what kind? 
And he says, sandwich. okay, I'm in. And then she goes to leave. He's like, and baby carrots. And she goes and sits down. Yeah. <laughs> that episode. Man, the best part is when at the end, when they're doing the standoff with the pistols. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah so that, that, That's the best episode. Although that scene is probably one of the best episodes of the CPR scene. I will say the CPR scene is probably one, like, if you just ask people to, to name an office scene, they'll probably go to that one more often than not. Um, great TV show. Also, just, you know, that's just a great story. Like, saving somebody's life is incredible. But that the TV show and doing it to staying alive, uh, to save somebody's life is pretty awesome. So, um, on to number three, with, with the Pro Bowl just winding down here, um, do you have a favorite Pro Bowl moment? I don't. I don't. Never been a big fan of the Pro Bowl. I, I'm, I'm about the same as you. I don't necessarily like the Pro Bowl, but I have to say, Sean Taylor just laying out that that punter on the fake punt, <laughs> I mean, that might be one of my favorite football plays, period, but he absolutely decapitates this guy. <laughs> and the best part about that is that dude gets just completely smacked, right. and then he just kind of walks over to the sidelines, and a bunch of guys just give him a pat on the head like, hey, all right, go ahead, buddy. Just keep going back to the bench. You you got to think, like when they drew that play up during the week, he's like, man, I'm about to break one for about 10 yards here and run out of bounds. Like in in no simulation of them drawing up that play did they think, oh, Sean Taylor's going to be running like a bullet shot out of a pistol and just level my punter. <laughs> just the fact that he'd actually do that in the Pro Bowl. Like today, he'd probably be, he'd probably be kicked out of the league. Right, but... Hey, football's football. Like, they're playing for a dollar amount. I, I respect it. Like, if he's out there, he can get hit too. I think the NFL needs to take the Pro Bowl and give each player on the winning roster a million dollars. Really? Yeah. So that was my next question here to ask you. Uh, is that your fix to the Pro Bowl? No, I think the game is always going to be pointless. But if you really wanted to see a real game, put a million dollar bonus on it. Because – that would make enough people care that even for like the high ticket people that are like, yeah, I just made $40 million this year. Like they'd still have to play because everybody else would be playing. Right. I feel like the the thing with the million dollars would be uh, guys wouldn't sit out anymore if they weren't hurt. Um, right. Also with the skills competition is good, but uh, make a, like the NBA does a uh, futures game. Mm -hmm. Do like a practice squad game. So, I, my change to the Pro Bowl was kind of more so related around the skills challenge. I like the skills challenge as is, but I think that one thing they could do to go a step further is do a seven-on-seven, seven, but just the big men. So it's just D-linemen and linemen, and they have a draft for their teams, and then they play a seven-on-seven. Seven. See, I like that. And I was thinking about today when I was watching it that the seven-on-seven seven would be really cool, and then you could do – uh, a lineman challenge as well, like seeing the the top offensive and defensive linemen going against each other. But it would also be very entertaining to watch the lineman try to do a seven on seven. <laughs> so that's my changes. I I'm like you. I've I've never really been that interested in um in the in the Pro Bowl, and I just think like they're so like the mid season All Star games are probably. I mean, they're just they're easier to have, and I th I just think it's a better um, experience, but there's no way you could do that with football. So, right, I don't really too much know any solutions for those. But nevertheless, I got another one for you. So, 
as most of you know, with me being a Kentucky guy, I'm a huge uh, college basketball fan. But going on right now in college basketball is the coaches versus cancer uh, rally, where coaches will wear various just hard-to-find tennis shoes uh, during the game rather than their, their normal loafers or whatnot. And then uh, once the series is over, they'll auction off those shoes to raise money uh, for different various cancer uh, research programs. So, Kevin, my question to you is, what shoes would you wear if you were a part of this? All right. The first off, I think it looks absolutely stupid when coaches are wearing like a black suit with like white tennis shoes on underneath. <laughs> and so if you're going to make me wear, if you're going to make me wear tennis shoes with a suit, I'm either going to do the Jordan 11 retro uh, concords in the cool gray and to get a gray suit. So it matches. Or I'm going to do the LeBron Soldier 12s in either the all-white or the all-black. I don't hate that. I don't hate Probably not the all-white because I'm not going to wear an all-white suit. But I like <laughs> just the nail black. I don't hate those. I would say that if I had to to go around, obviously you can't go wrong with the, the 11s. Um, I'm a big fan of the 10s. And they've got like an all-black uh, pair of the 10s. Those would go well with a suit. So I don't hate those. Um but also, yeah. um, Kyrie had um, some black and gold. Um, I want to say they were the Kyrie twos or threes that he wore during the series uh, that they they beat the Golden State Warriors that he wore in Game Seven. I think I'd wear those to go with a black suit. Those are good picks. I like them. All right. So, moving on, we got Derek Carr, quarterback of the Oakland Raiders. Calls out Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman and wants to set up athletes versus media personalities in the octagon. Challenges them to a USC fight. Would you be opposed to this celebrity <laughs> death match style? Now, please elaborate because I'm not too well versed in this topic right now. Yeah, so um, I believe a couple. It was during the season, but it may have been a couple weeks ago too. But Max Kellerman called called out Derek Carr, um, not only calling him soft um, and not very Didn't good. Didn't he, he call also, him a quitter? Yeah, he called him a quitter and um, was just talking about him as a man more so than a football player uh, for things that were happening on the field this year, um, to which I think is over the line. But Derek Carr responds. It was like, um, you know, he, he actually tweeted Dana White and the UFC was like, is there any way that we could set this up to where athletes could fight uh, media personalities in uh, at a sanctioned match? And I kind of don't hate this because – I get it. You get paid for these takes and by all means, like if you feel that Derek Carr is not a good quarterback, by all means, like you should stand by that opinion. But I feel like a lot of these media guys take it a step too far sometimes when they talk about athletes um, because they know they're kind of protected. Like, I don't think that LeBron and Skip Bayless would be walking down a dark alley and Skip Bayless would call LeBron Queen James, you know? Like, I, right. I just don't foresee that happening. So I do think if there were repercussions for that, people would, and I th I just think this in general, but people would watch their mouth a little bit more uh, if there was a chance that they would actually have to step up to these people rather than, you know, sit behind a camera and a microphone and just talk recklessly all the time. Well, especially with Stephen A, like how are you going to call somebody out? Like right. you're, I, I get it. Like your personality and what you're hired to do is to be that brash guy on the on the TV. But especially after his 
debacle on first take when he's breaking down the Chargers and the Chiefs right. early in the season. And he like he he says um, how Spitzer Ware is going to have a big impact, but he's like hasn't practiced all week, and he gets caught <laughs> out for it. And he's like, oh, I forgot. I'm sorry. Oh, and he also he says, said like Hunter. Well, yeah, then he says the San Diego Chargers, which, okay, whatever. Like, they're not in San Diego anymore. Right. But then he says, I'm thinking about Hunter Henry and the way he's played this year and effective as he's been. And he hadn't even played a game yet. <laughs> hadn't seen the field all year. Like, it's so, terrible. And I'm sure – and he took his fair share of criticism. But, um, like, at that point, how do you just honestly call out other people when right. when you know you're struggling in the same boat? Right, right. And I, I just think that – I feel like they get away with way too much now. So, yeah, I'd love to see it. There's, a, there's, there's not a. The, our government was set up to have checks and balance, yet the media seems to not have any. They can say whatever they want. They can ruin whoever's lives they want. They can essentially make you guilty of anything, and people have to prove their innocence. Right. And so, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I'm, I'm 100% there with you. Uh, okay, so moving on to the next one, uh, Kalen Saunders. A 320-pound defensive tackle from Western Illinois was filmed multiple times over this this past week doing full backflips. That's I I just want us to take in that 320 pounds doing a full back backflip. Yeah, I can't do a backflip. I I would separate my neck from my body trying to do a backflip, so I'm not even going to attempt that. But what I do want to know is, what do you think is more impressive? him doing this backflip or have you ever seen the videos of like the D lineman standing in like waist deep water, like three feet or whatever. And then just basically like box jumping out of the pool onto the side of the pool. I think that is more impressive than, than the backflip. I think the jumping out the pool is more impressive. The backflip at 320 pounds is insane, but if you get enough explosion and torque, you can, you can let your momentum carry you through the backflip and, I know and technique. That, Right, right. I know people who are, you know, 40, 40 uh, inch verticals that can't jump out the pool like that and land. So that's that's far and away more incredible to me. And I don't know if you've ever tried that, but it is extremely difficult to pull off. Yeah, I'd be I'd be more impressed to see the the box jump out of the the pool. <laughs> All right. Um, and so to to wrap it up, we've got Adam Shafter tweets uh, there's concern in some nfl quarters that four officials in the nfc championship game the four closest to the pass interference no pi call live in southern california is this a big deal to you i think it is i mean you, there's, you really you really think the nfl has the guts and the balls to to rig a game i don't think they do i'm just i'm just saying that there's got to be some checks and balances there like i know um uh, um in the in college football, for say, because I actually had um, one of my dad's personal friends was a collegiate uh, referee, and he actually refereed a few of my games in college. But he could not do Tennessee games because he was a graduate from Tennessee. Um, but with that in mind, like you've got like the NFL's got to have sixteen sets of official of officials, right? Because that's that's one set for every game. So there's at least 16 sets. You're telling me that you, there's no way you could have any other officials besides four Southern California guys in a Southern California team game. I, just I don't. Think, I don't buy it. I don't think the fans are that. I think it's a destination place to live, and I think the fans in that part of the 
the, the area are not that invested. And that's just to say, like, the NFL offices are in New York City, so they favor the Giants and the Jets more than everybody else. Like, I just don't buy it. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so I, You can convince me of some other things, but I just we'll think see. that. All right, I've got one last one for you, and this is just a random one, but I just want to get your take on it. You may not know this, but tonight uh, is actually WWE Royal Rumble. Uh, and <laughs> we talk about this all the time, but I'm a big wrestling fan, but I wanted to know, who was your favorite wrestler growing up? I did not watch wrestling growing up. Really? But I, no, I did not. Uh, every now and then it was on when my brothers were watching. Um, and like Stone Cold Steve Austin was big. I mean, like I, but, I mean, The Rock was big, but like I didn't really watch him. Um, who was the guy? I'm embarrassed to even say this, but who was the guy with the black and white makeup on his face? It wasn't The Undertaker, was it? Oh, Sting. Sting. Yeah, yeah, yeah Sting. Uh, I remember seeing one. I don't know what it was, but one match or whatever where, like, he came back from the dead or something like that, and then like wrestled in the match. And I thought that was I, I was very intrigued, but that was probably the only wrestling I watched as a kid. <laughs> All right, well, I'm taking the rock here just for just pure microphone skills. He was incredible. Um, but I mean, you named him Stone Cold, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, The Undertaker. Like all those guys growing up were incredible. Um, but yeah, just want to get your take on that. Uh, anybody out there that enjoys wrestling, feel free to send us some questions. I'd love to hear them at least. And uh, yeah, so that brings us to the end of the show. Appreciate you guys listening. Um, make sure you guys uh, reach out, rate, subscribe, uh, leave comments on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Let us know what we're doing well. Let us know what we're doing, uh, what we can improve on. Please give us ideas for the Mount Rushmore segment, things you guys would like to talk about in the comments. We'll get to it, I promise. And um, you all have a good night. See you.